I want to thank our sponsor, Abby Connect. Impress callers, save time, and grow your business with a dedicated receptionist team from Abby Connect. Visit abbyconnect.com slash Mike M for more information. That's abbyconnect.com slash Mike M. It took a long time to get there though, right? Like when you first start, you'll do anything for anything. And, and <laughs> that's true, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you start to realize like, this isn't sustainable and what else can we do? And so, but after you decide like, Hey, this I'm worth it. And this is where I'm at. I've been doing this for 10 years. We're going to up it. We're going to charge what we're worth. And, um, for the time, once I did the, the math backwards, I was like, I'm making less than a Starbucks barista. How can I survive? I can't. Well, we're back in the studio, and not really our virtual studio. How's everyone doing? Kelsey, I'll start with you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's um, super summery here now, uh, which is very rejuvenating. I feel like it's new life and starting to see family a little bit more. So I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You guys won't believe this. I got a haircut scheduled. Nice. My, my barber, Lou, who's got this weird Twitter account. It's like Lou1784 something. It just says... Uh, do you want to come in for a haircut? And I'm like, this is spam. This is like the newest scam. Like, uh, do I have to send a certified check? And he's like, no, it's Lou. You're a barber. <laughs> so I'm going in on Monday. Awesome. He really contacted me via Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how he had my, how he had my information. That's bizarre. Oh, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I, I gifted him a book once. Because I, you know, I included him. I included his story in one of my books. I like, gifted him that book. So he probably got it from there. Huh. So interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I wonder if he heard you talking about your hair so much. I do talk about way too much. Yeah. That's the first sign of uh, sociopathism. Is it? Oh. Damn it. Did he say he was going to give you a discount for the bald spot because he can cut around it? <laughs> Maybe. That'd be good. Would that be great? I should say it's less hair now. Yeah. So you only need to charge 95% of what you normally charge. <laughs> well, sadly, it's about 80% now that the bald spot's growing. Aim, how are you doing? I'm doing okay, thank you. Hanging in there. Is Chris digging his new job? Um, he's doing okay with the new job. It's a little bit of a commute, which he's not used to. So um, he's adjusting now. You know, Cora, Tyler's girlfriend, Yeah. Uh, she commutes an hour and a half to Coney Island from our house every day. Oh my gosh. Please tell me she works Please tell me she works off hours or something. Uh, I won't tell you that because she doesn't. <gasps> she works uh, nine to five, but... During the COVID pandemic. It's no not a problem. It, so it's, That's yeah. what he's saying. He's yeah. like, this is fine now, but give me, you know, as soon as everybody goes back to work, I'm in trouble. Yeah. So, yeah. And Jay Ween, how are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> do not like that nickname. <laughs> let's let's not know. stick with that. I do not like that <laughs> the name. First, the first time I saw that come through on the text, I was like, oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, man, my cats are shedding, so I'm wearing a shirt. Oh, I love oh. that shirt. That's yeah. when we got you. Yeah. Wait, yeah. your cats are shedding, so you're wearing that shirt. Like well, I heard my in, cats in, are so, shedding, in, so I'm wearing a shirt. So that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's in support of their shedding. Supporting them. No, but they, I uh, I ordered uh, new sheets. I had gray, and I got dark blue. Worst mistake ever. Oh, it's yeah. just crazy how much hair I see. And so I have like a, a, a Roomba that, that cleans the floor and I'm constantly like Swiffering and stuff. It's just a nightmare to keep up with. I didn't think it was going to be this bad on a hard floor. 
With cats, you need furniture Roombas. And I don't even know if furniture Roombas exist, but no. definitely need furniture yeah. Roombas. And they always love to get into stuff that if you just clean it, it's like, yes, time to mess <laughs> this up. Because if I do a load of laundry and put my basket down, then I come back and my cat's like digging through it, rolling around. So um, I'm excited for you guys to listen to this interview. I, I sat down with Christelle Stacy. She's an entrepreneur, West Coast. She's actually in the Coronado area of uh, Southern California. And has a wedding business, uh, had a defining moment when uh, she couldn't pay her taxes. So why don't we all listen in? And I want to hear what your thoughts are once you hear the interview, all right? Excellent. Cool. All right. Cool. Let's do this. Like, whatever I can do to help listeners and help people out there, my whole purpose in life is to inspire to action. Like, what can we do to make, make you move and make something happen? And so hopefully you can do a little yeah, bit. So why, why is that? We're already rolling. So why is that so compelling? Because I feel like there's so many people out there that have good motivation, um, motivational speakers and people who are, um, who, who are talking. There's a lot of people talking, but who, who's actually taking something away and doing something with it. And that's what I feel like is the biggest, the biggest point of, of it, right? Like you have to start taking things to action. You have to start moving to action. What are you going to do after this? How are you going to make things different than they were before? What does that look like? Yeah. yeah. Why don't people move to action, in your opinion? Why don't people move to action? Move to action, yeah. You, you've been to those events, right? Those yeah. motivational events with whoever kind of flailing their arms around, everyone's all jacked up, and then nothing happens. Yes, exactly. And I feel like it's because, um, number one, they don't they don't provide like, okay, this is exactly what you need to do step by step, and people yeah. get overwhelmed easily, and they're complacent, and they're like, well, I don't know, so I'm just not going to do anything. Yeah. Um, I also think they get on a, whenever you go to one of those events, you kind of get on a high, and after you get home, you step back into the daily whirlwind and then it's over um, yeah. because you just are reacting instead of being proactive about your life. And so I think that that's where it's kind of based. I, I've seen it. Which events have you gone to recently? Like the most well, recent. recently. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, not, I mean, not recently. Um, but I've been to Engage Summits. Um, oh, did you go to the one in the Bahamas? I went to the one, the last one I went to was in Mexico. Okay. They go all over the place. They go all over the place, but I, I love them. And yeah. there are, a, I mean, and it's what you do with it, right? Like there are a lot of motivational conferences and events, but it's what you do with it and what you take away that is going to make the difference. So, so I went to, I went to engage. I went um, to the one in the Bahamas. Yeah. I was keynoting there. I was speaking. Okay, amazing. Oh, awesome. But to your point, Christelle, like people get all excited. Um, the, the fanfare. I mean, I'll tell you, engage puts on a great conference. There's like, basically fireworks going on. It's beautiful. Beautiful, it's right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's all wedding planners and, and people that support wedding planners. Right. So mm -hmm. you, you have flowers, whatever I was, it was breathtaking. Yeah. People all excited. Th then they're, they're kind of boosting you up at night. Right. So people are all drinking like, this is amazing. <laughs> and there's, there's this, this, like this rave party. Yeah. And then within a week or two, people are back to the regular grind of their business. Mm -hmm. What the F? Yeah. What is that? What is that? What is that? Yeah. Let's do something. Let's change. Let's change your life here. Let's not, it's not, you know, and some people go for the party for that conference. And I'm sure many other conferences, people are there just to enjoy themselves. But for me, I'm like, what am I going to out of it? What am I going to take home? How am I going to make changes? How can I help other people make changes in their life and their business? Um, yeah. you know, I want to, I want to help I'm, my, my goal right now is to help women entrepreneurs 
um, design a life and a business that they love, that they really like deeply, truly love, not just that they like, but that they are so excited about getting up every day. And, um, so yeah, so that's my, where I come from and that's my stance. And like, I'm like, let's do something different here. Come on. Do you love your business? I love my business. I love it. Tell me about it. Cause it's wedding planning, obviously. So I've been doing wedding planning for the last 12 years. Yeah. And I started it obviously for the love of love, not to make money. I, um, (laughs) it's not, not a business where you make a lot of money. And, um, and so, yeah, so I started it there and I felt like I, it started out of passion, but soon after I realized like, I can't keep this alive only on passion and it has to become a business. Um, and once I realized that it, it, it changed everything and it was like, okay, now it has, it has to be both things. I had a business coach and he's like, well, if you're not, if it's not producing profit and it's not making money, that's called a hobby. It's like, Oh, that's killer. You know, (laughs) was that, was that the, the knife to the chest? Yes. Knife to the chest, dagger to the heart. It was, um, it was hard, but I think that I Mm. loved it so much. I just had to do it. And so, um, figuring out the way in which I can do it best is what I took off from there. And I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur. So I started couture events, um, got that up and running. And I have a team now at the coast of San Diego, Orange County, LA, San Francisco. Yeah. And, um, and my girls run a lot of the events now, which is great. And then I, yeah. And then I'm able to focus. I have a conference, my own little small women's entrepreneur conference. Oh, no way. That's um, cool. Conference. Yeah. And so I have that and I've actually met Danielle Mulvey, um, through, she came and spoke at our, our little conference and that's been really fun. Oh, that's cool. Did you know yeah. she started a podcast profit first nation? Yes. I just recently saw that and I'm so excited. Yeah. She's sure. awesome. Yeah. So, so all right. So couture events, is it, is it, is it exclusively weddings or do you do other events also? We do other events as well. We do other, um, corporate events and lifestyle events. Um, but mostly weddings is our, like our main bread and butter. And how, how are you being affected during COVID? Oh, everything's on pause. Everything has been, um, postponed, pushed back. Thankfully we haven't had anyone cancel, but we've had some brides that have pushed to like, okay, it's now next year, same time. Or we've had some that are trying to go for like August, um, yeah. and fall. So we'll see how that goes. All right. So, but this is a dilemma now, because if, if some brides are pushing off till 2021 mm-hmm. and you already have people that were planning on 2021, you're going to have a surge of demand, but you're right. only one couture. So what do you do? Right. So for us, we've like we've pretty much considered this year, which is really sad, kind of a wash. Um, and then next year, yeah, the problem is, is that our, our strong dates are being taken by people that booked this year. Yeah. So and now we have to push back to next year. So now we have less spots available. Um, we already are at a point where we charge a, a pretty high premium. Okay. Um, and so we decided like, we're just going to leave it where it's at and whatever we can book, we're going to book. Okay. Uh, but yeah. That's what I was thinking that's what wedding planners could do is charge more and say, listen, yeah. th- those are premium dates now because everyone wants those dates. Exactly. exactly. But you, you didn't change your pricing. You could charge more. Yeah. No, I didn't change my pricing. Our prices start at 10K. Um, like a surprise and delight package and then 20 K for full coordination and design. And then 32 K for, um, full coordination design and above and beyond. Like what else? All all the extras, all the lovely extras. I love that you have three pricing options. Yes. We have three pricing options and it took a long time to get there though. Right? Like when you first start, you'll do anything for anything. And and (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And then you start to realize like, this isn't sustainable and what else can we do? And so, but after you decide like, Hey, this I'm worth it. And this is where I'm at. I've been doing this for 10 years. We're going to up it. We're going to charge what we're worth. And, um, for the time, once I did the 
the math backwards. I was like, I'm making less than a Starbucks barista. How can I survive? I can't. Tell me more about that. So how do you do the math backwards? So I looked at how much time I put into planning a wedding. What yeah. what are all the things that I'm doing behind the scenes? Not just day of. Day of is one thing, but yeah. behind the scenes, I spend a year planning this person's wedding and designing it and making it beautiful. And and I was really only charging for the day. Um, and so once I took that yeah. time and then realized, like, okay, it's it's also uh, it's also like the expenses of the event planning or like at the time I had an overhead, I had an office downtown San Diego. Um, so taking out those expenses and kind of adding it all up, it was like, wow, I am, I'm making less than a Starbucks barista would. And so that was, that was definitely a hard realization. It sounds like you've had a few aha. So you had the, the coach saying you're in a hobby, not a business. That's yep. a slap to the face and you get the, you're making less than a barista. So, but if you're making less than a barista, that means you had to increase your prices substantially. Yes. All right. So that must have been, I did it in small increments. So when I first figured that out, it was like, okay, well, how much do I think I could charge that clients would still pay? Cause we mostly work word of mouth. Um, We do some marketing and some advertising, but we found that for higher end luxury events, it's mostly word of mouth. People want to know that they can trust the person that's planning their events. Um, And so once, once we figured that out, I was like, okay, let's push the envelope. And then after we booked a few of those, then we pushed the envelope again. And now I feel like we're at a place where we've kind of like, chopped out at least for now, um, especially for my team members and for my girls. And, and so it's a good place for us to be. How do your uh, customers respond to higher prices? I mean, they they may not know the prior prices, but Mm -hmm. the caliber of customers that change, like what, what, what's the experience like with pricing in regards to the customer's perspective? Yeah. So we were previously, we were doing 40 weddings a year. Okay. And a lot. That's a lot. And so we took it down to like 10 to 12 weddings a year. And okay. we're still making more than we were previously. Um, okay. So we don't have to get as many clients as we did before. Before it was like, we wanted to book every single wedding that came to us. And now it's like, well, if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for us. And that's fine. Like we're happy to move forward and move on because we are finding those clients that it works for them. And we can really personalize it and spend more time with them and pay more attention to them. Give them really the experience that we want to provide um, without having to compromise on anything because, because we're trying to take on too much. Do you find, um, do you find the customers that pay, you know, now you have 12 customers a year, they're paying you a premium. Are they better customers, so to speak, or clients? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Why and is that? I, well, here's the deal. Any, anytime that I've given an inch, you're like, I'm going to give them a discount or yeah. I'm going to help them in some way, or I'm going to lower my price. That's the time that they eat you alive. Why? And- here over and over, Christelle, tell me the answer. Yeah, because I think that they value, they value it so much less, right? It's perceived mm. value, I think, in a lot of times. And so if you're asking for a premium, they think you must be really good at your job. You know what you're doing. And yeah. when you're like, when, when you take off a little bit here and a little bit there and you discount it for them and you bend over backwards for them, they're like, oh, well, keep bending, keep bending. What else can we do? And that's where it gets, you get into trouble. You ever see that show, Bridezilla? You probably have, right? Or parts yeah, of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So uh, my wife and I would watch that stuff. And it, and I, it was just, some of these people were horrible people. Are, would you sense, are those the lower paying people or is it the Bridezillas appear everywhere? Uh, I would say we used to get more of that. And now I can notice red flags from the beginning. From our What's first a red flag? Give me a red flag. Give me some juice here. A red flag is when... Um, if it, the groom is talking over the bride, the mother of the groom is talking over the bride, the mother of the bride is speaking and speaking very loudly. When there's too many people talking in one room okay. and they're not all on the same page, 
there we're going to have an issue um, right off the bat. Another thing is if they continually ask like, okay, well, can you get it for us for less? How much, you know, what I just said, if they're constantly asking you to bend over in that first initial meeting, then that tells me, okay, I'm out. Like this isn't going to work for us. Um, And so I think that it's, it's all now based on, well, I I've had, 12 years of this. And so I know what to, what to look for, but those are some of the red flags. So what do you do when where's a red flag mom, you know, mother-in-law is like barking out commands. Yeah. Uh, we slowly back away. First of all, we don't <laughs> like physically, <laughs> you just did it from the, no, not physically. Like, that'd be so awesome. But, yeah. But, but pretty all much. Right, so, yeah. We don't like that follow-up email doesn't come for like a week, you know, we oh, just like, back off a little bit and we don't push the issue and we don't say like, Hey, here's this, here's the contract. We just kind of wait it out a little bit and maybe they're going to find someone else that, but meets all the criteria that they want. And then that's a better fit for them anyway. So I would rather have it, have it go that way. Um, we have had a few where they're like, I'm still ready to move forward. I, you know, I'm I'm ready to go. And we just have to say, I'm so sorry. I don't feel like this is a good fit for us. Oh, you, oh, you've caught, what what happens when you say that to a All out. Well, they get frustrated, of course. Like, yeah. what do you mean? How is it not a good fit for you? And I just say, well, you know, right now, um, and, and sometimes if we wait long enough, we actually do book the date. And so we'll book that date oh, and we God, don't worry yeah. about it. And so then it's like, we're booked, you know? So just depending on what, what we can do um, to kind of just let them, let them go on their way and find someone else that they're going to be happier with. That's great. Yeah, but, that's totally smart. Yeah, yeah. Have you had the flip side, like where... Um, Someone right right out of the date, right out of the gate, you're like, this is a freaking awesome client. How how do you identify them? How do you know that they're awesome? Yes. We have clients who, if they, if they're going to trust us completely and they're going to say, Hey, you know, I want you, um, I like, I just want you to take care of it. And I trust that you got this. Those are the people that we want to work with. And those are the people that it feels the best. And it's interesting because in conversations with others that I'm hiring for my business, if I'm hiring for a certain service, um, I try to do my best to say, like, I want you to use your creative expertise. If I've seen their work and I love it, like I want them to take it and run with it. Mm. I don't want to micromanage and tell them exactly what I want them to do. I I say, yeah, do it and go with it. And that's what I'm looking for in our clients. I want them to, to be able to say like, this is what I'm looking for, but run with it, go for it. And that feels really good. And like, okay, they, they trust me to do this. Gotcha. Um, and that's a good sign. Gotcha. And have you ever had someone though, totally abdicate to saying, listen, just run with everything. I don't care. And then they're frustrated because it wasn't their vision. Or we does, haven't had does... that yet. Okay. Um, along the process, I think that I've realized like you have to show them a little bit as you go. And so I yeah. showed them, like, do you love this? Is this something that you want? Yes. Yes. And they are the one that's signing the contracts with the vendors and, um, actually like, you know, putting their name on the dotted line. And so they know what's going on, but I'm able to, um, present it in a really fun way. And then usually they say, yes, sign that's, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. What's the biggest job you ever did? If you don't mind sharing. Ooh, yeah. Um, I did the CEO of the chargers. What? That's awesome. That sounds like a wealthy person. Yeah. So we did um, the Spanos wedding. We've also done um, Taylor guitars. Um, Oh yeah. I know them. Yeah. Yeah. So both um, daughters, we did both of their weddings, which was really fun. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. And we're currently working on a bachelor wedding, Hannah and Dylan. Um, bachelor, like, like the show, The Bachelor. The show, The Bachelor. No. Yeah. So, so the wedding, like for the TV show itself, or you're, or yeah. just just for the couple. So they were like, they didn't, um, they were on two separate seasons, and then they met up on Bachelor in Paradise, and so, and then I met him at a at a bridal show of all things, and he was supposed to be, you know, talking to the grooms in the grooms lounge area, and yeah. there was no grooms that were going to leave their fiance and go over there and chat with him. 
So I was like, I'm just going to go over and sit down and chat. And so we started chatting and t- talking about events. And I said, if you, if you guys need a wedding planner, and he's like, well, we do. I said, well, perfect. Let's talk about that. So it's been pretty awesome. That's um, wild. Where, where yeah. are you based out of? Where are you based out of? San Diego, California. San Diego. Oh my God. The nicest place. I have a uh, family out in Coronado. Oh, that's where I live. Oh, on Orange? Oh, yeah. On. I'm on Orange. Oh, that's so funny. So you're near Hotel Dell or? I'm on the other. So when you first come off the bridge, I'm on that side of the island. I mean, first come on to the, um, yeah, off the bridge onto the island. I'm yeah. on that side of the island. They're off of 8th and Orange. So uh, oh, down 8th a little bit. So okay. I, a lot of people don't know this. Like, so that's the home of the Navy SEALs, like where you live. Mm-hmm. So I, I uh, this is 10 years ago. I decided to go for a run uh, and was kind of feeling my oats. And I'm running down, like, you know, you can run along, um, there's like golf course, but then you can go out toward the water. So you're seeing San Diego on the other side. Yes. And so I'm running on a sidewalk and you know, I'm like, I'm going to take my shirt off. I'm really feeling myself. And there's this <laughs> group of women, there's this group of women coming and I, I saw them in the distance and I'm like kind of strutting and the one woman's like jaw drops. And I'm like, Oh my God, Michael, you have it. You still got it. Right. And this other woman, you can see it's a stunned look and I'm like, I've got it. As I say this to my head, I hear it behind me. I hear, ooh, ooh, ooh. I turn around. There's Hot. 10 Navy SEALs, all, shirt, oh. all, shirtless, all shirtless. And they run by me. I go spinning like a, like a, a washing machine, out of control, fall down. Oh. The, we're not looking at me. SEALs <laughs> going by, going, ooh, ooh. And all the, every woman and man, jaws drop. Like these guys are... Greek gods, warriors. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yes, they it are. It was the most humbling experience. I've never taken my shirt off again, ever. <laughs> Not even to go to, like, never. This, this one shirt, I've been wearing this for 15 fucking years. Oh, come yeah. on. Oh, come on. Oh, gosh. I, yeah, the seals are pretty intense here, and they kind of do, yeah, they're they're out on the beach every day, um, and they kind of run the island. Yeah. Sometimes they come out. I was, I was once at Hotel Dell sitting, looking at the Pacific Ocean, and all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, could you have a lot of wildlife there? You have seals, like real. Yeah. Actual I'm like, seals. Oh, there's a seal, a seal seal coming out of the water. I'm like, that seal looks like a human being. And all of a sudden there's this guy running out of the water down the beach. <laughs> Navy seal. What is happening? Yeah. What is happening? Okay. So you're in San Diego. Um, does that mean you have, a, you have a advantage uh, to more preeminent weddings than if I was located in the Midwest or something like that? We definitely have a destination uh, here. And so a lot of people come here for destination weddings. Yeah. And, and and then we also have a lot of people who live here who also want to get married here, right? They're not going to go elsewhere. They're, this is a pretty great destination. So we do have a lot of weddings happening here that I think aren't happening um, elsewhere. And because we're already located here, our teams are here. Our girls are here. We don't have to pay. They don't have to pay a travel fee um, to get us here. And do you, are all your weddings in San Diego proper, do you go like La Jolla? I don't know the area that well, but like. No, yeah, so we we have San Diego, Orange County, LA, and San Francisco. We have girls in each city. I have it. Oh. So I have coordinators in each city, and then um, we have interns every year, and then we also have our previous interns, which we hire back for big weddings and events. How many Um, people do you have, Christelle? So I have five coordinators, um, but they're each independent contractors. They also own their own businesses, Um, and then, I have, yeah. And then the teams, I probably have like 
a hundred girls on call. We just have a Facebook, um, a Facebook group. And anytime we have a wedding coming up, I can say like, Hey girls, I have a wedding on this date. Anyone interested in working? At it? Uh, so smart. So, so you pull from your pool. Yep. Okay. So you say, you say we have a wedding on this date in this location. Need you for two days. Yep. Oh, that's so great. Is it all You said girls, is it all girls or any guys that do this? All girls. All girls. And, um, tell me about how you got started. I mean, you couldn't have started at this size. It was just you, I presume. Yeah, no, I started, um, I started with a friend. So I was, I was in college and I was working at FIDM, the fashion Institute of design and merchandising as their head event planner. So I was in college, but I was also working at a college for, um, students and I was helping them with their events. And my friend was like, Hey, will you plan my wedding? I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I, you know, I haven't done that. And, um, I had started a little event, a little event planning business in college. It was a princess party business. So we would dress up like, princesses and show up at like little kids birthday parties oh cool yeah okay gotcha <laughs> I, I did that too by and, the way i've been uh-huh. oh, oh really really yeah i was a princess yeah i was very awkward <laughs> uh-huh. i never got invited to a single party but we actually hired we hired guys and they became the pirates and so we had pirates and princesses and so oh that's kind of cool yeah yeah business in college um and so then my friend asked me to plan our wedding and i was like that's really interesting i started planning it and fell in love with all the details and um and had a blast doing it and so i was like okay maybe this is something i'd be interested in I started putting it out there to friends and family that first year I had four weddings and the four weddings went well. And I was like, okay, this is really cool. And I was still working at FIDM, the fashion Institute. And then after um, that first year, word of mouth started to travel. And the next year I had 40 weddings. My gosh. From four to 40 uh, that, that second year. By yourself? Like, Whoa, by myself. And so I had to figure out what to do. And that was when I, I had the moment where I called my mom and I was like, mom, I have 40 weddings on the books. I'm going to get an office in downtown San Diego and I'm going to leave my corporate job. And she's like, what are you doing? Don't do it. Don't yeah, do yeah. it. No, stay where you are. It's safe. It's safe there. And, um, and I just said, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I want to, I want to follow my passion. I want to pursue this. And so I ended up um, quitting actually like two days later and um, got my little downtown spot and started, started doing weddings full time. And then I realized I need help after two years of doing it by myself and just having girls help me. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to have other coordinators outside of me. And so then started hiring girls to be coordinators and yeah, it's been a fun journey. Have you won your mom over? Is she like, that was a great idea now or? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now she's on board. She gets it. And, um, I think, yeah, we're, we're different. She's very, um, she plays everything very safe. My dad is entrepreneur, um, very risky. And yeah. so I lean more towards that side. And so she has, sometimes like she has to keep us grounded, you know? Why, why do you think your mom and dad are that way? Like that sounds, they're polar opposites. Does that, mm-hmm. does that work for each other? Um, well, they're divorced now. Um, so maybe apparently it doesn't work so well. It didn't work so well. But um, it works in the sense of, I think that she like helped and, and she helps me realize, she helps me walk through and play devil's advocate with me. Like, how is this going to work? If you, if, if you don't make it, how are you going to make this money back? So yeah. with, I had the event planning company um, and then I decided I want to open a, a bridal boutique retail store dumb idea. Um, but <laughs> I thought that would be a great idea. Anyway, I had to take out a small business loan and she was the one in the background. Like, I don't think this is a good idea. I don't think this is a good idea. How are you going to make up the money? If this doesn't work out, what are you going to do? Oh, interesting. So she makes you have a backup plan. Good and, sounding board. Yeah. And yeah. And which is awesome. And so I really appreciate that and that she, um, yeah, she keeps me grounded. Tell me about the bridal boutiques. What, what inspired that? And 
are you shaking your head? Oh boy. Uh, so I've always loved fashion. I've always, I, and I love bridal. So it seemed like the perfect combination. Totally. Um, it was 2015 and I decided I'm opening this, this bridal boutique once again, downtown San Diego. And I wanted to create an experience coming from the event side. I was like, it should be a, a complete experience yeah. when they come in. And it was, it was spectacular and beautiful. Um, but nowadays in the online era, people come in, they try on dresses and then they go and find them for less online and buy yeah. them used or, you know, and so it's, I mean, retail is a hard market as is I like brick and mortar retail is hard. Yeah. I Do you agree? I, don't, I never had one. I'm, I'm okay. just like, I'm, I'm understanding, but I'm not understanding. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. So, um, brick and mortar, I feel like is, is hard in general, yeah. um, retail, but combine that with bridal and combine that with, um, with people being uh, like being able to go online and, and find it elsewhere. So we, I, we were in that business for three years and then that same, that same business coach was like, let's look at your profit and loss. You're yeah. sending the money from couture events after the, after this other business that isn't making any money, it's going into a dark hole. Like we got to get you out. And, and, um, and I was like, no, I can do it all. I'm going to juggle it all. And I got pregnant in the meantime. And oh I, I was like, this is going to happen. It's going to work. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And, um, and I, and thankfully my mom and this coach were able to say like, let's look at the real numbers here and let's talk through it. So that was interesting. Definitely. So you're, you're raising, you're starting a family, raising a family. You got a, a dying faction of the business, but you're also running the wedding planning. Uh-huh. Yeah. You must've been, uh, were you, you must've been exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> I was exhausted completely and totally. And that was another, um, realization point for me of like, you, you can't do it all. Yeah. And as much as you want to, you have to take a step back and realize like, it's okay to let things go to let other, other things come. Right. So, so much has come out of me letting that bridal boutique go. Um, and that retail shop go, but I had to, I had to go through it and I had to try it. Cause yeah. that, that's me. That's the entrepreneur in me. I'm like, I have to do it. I have to at least try. And was, so I did. Was shutting that down the, your darkest day in business or. It was one of the darkest days. I would say, um, at the time when we finally got it shut down, I, I was at a really peaceful place. Okay. Um, but it was definitely hard for me in the sense that I, I had never done anything that I hadn't succeeded at, or I hadn't. Uh, that was my okay. first time. That's a, that's a little bit of an identity punch, isn't it? Like, yes. Yeah. Like we, I, I didn't, I didn't make it. And after that, it, it feels like everything then you question a little bit more. Whereas before mm. I had no fear, it was just yeah. like, Oh, of course we're doing this. We're going to go full speed 100%. Um, so I'd say that. And then another like, um, darkest day was probably, I was six years into business, um, event planning wise. Yeah. I, uh, I got a phone call from my husband and he's like, Hey, taxes got done. We owe $1,800. Okay. 1800. Sounds great. When I get home, I'll write the check. And he said, really? Okay, perfect. And I said, yeah, definitely. So I get home, I write the check out and hand it to him. And he's like, Oh honey, it's, it's not 1800. It's 18,000. Oh, oh, what? I don't have that money. I don't have eighteen thousand yeah, dollars. What yeah, is yeah. happening? How how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? And at the time, I hadn't read Profit First. I wasn't separating out things. I wasn't holding yeah. back taxes, and I broke. Like that was. I I thought I, I feel like such a such an idiot. Like I felt so um so naive and so uh, dumb. Like oh, yeah. you thought you could do this business, and now look at you. What are you going to do? You know, it was it was shameful almost. And I just took off. I was like, I'm going to go running, and I don't run. 
I was like, I'm going <laughs> to leave the house right now. Put on my sweats, like started running. My husband's like, oh, what's going on? You're like, oh and running at the same time. Started running back to my college. I went to Point Loma Nazarene here. And, um, so yeah. I started running back to my college. I'm, like, I'm going to go talk to these professors. I'm going to go, you know. But after two hours of running, my husband pulled up beside me in the car. He's like, honey, get in. Like, everything's okay. Get in. I was like, I don't know what to do. So we ended up, you know, we, we figured it out. But it was a hard realization. That was probably my darkest day. Like, my day. Oh, my God. I shouldn't be doing this. What am I doing? Why have I done this? I put my family into debt when I should be making money. Yeah, yeah. I think that. How, how big was your business at the point? Like, what kind of revenue were you doing? So many entrepreneurs. Well, let's see. Um, probably like, what would that be if it's uh, how much of your taxes? Well, it's your personal taxes. So I, I don't know. I mean, uh, that's a good question. So your personal taxes were probably 30. So let's say it's 30%. Um, but it was 18,000 for the year. 18,000 for the year. So uh, now how do I do this? 18,000 divided by 30%. This is dumb for me. This is to do this, but let's try it. 18,000 divided by 0.3 equals 60,000. Um, so that, but you also expenses, you probably had like $150,000 business at the time. Does that sound yeah, right? Yeah, 150. Yeah, 150, maybe 100. Did I, did I just nail it, Christelle? Yeah. Huh. I'm yeah. the Navy SEAL of numbers. That's what I am. <laughs> Love it. So, okay. So you did $150,000. You have $18,000 in taxes. How did you pay those taxes? Do you own an installment plan? So no, well, thankfully I was just like, okay, we have to buckle down and we got to book more weddings. Like we have to, we have to figure this okay, out. So right and so I just ramped it up and, um, and you know, I, ha I it took me like a week of like mourning of like, okay, well, anything that we've earned is gone. Right. Yeah. And now yeah. I need to figure out, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to sell my wedding ring. Am I going to sell yeah. my car? I have to figure out how to pay for this, you know? Um, so I went through all of those steps and then it was like, my only option right now is really to like, I, I have to figure out how to bring more business in the door and how to keep that money so that it can go here. I have to cut expenses. I have to go through and do all of those, all of those things. So it was, it was a hard time. It was a hurtful time. Um, but definitely like came out stronger on the other end. Right. So what, yeah. Well, you're saying so, but I mean, what was it like for your, did you have a child at the point too? You, you had a, no, no. All right. Yet. So it was you, your husband, your mom in the background, what was, what was your husband and mom saying in your ear? I think, um, you know, I had already, I, I was harder on myself than they were on me okay, because yeah. I felt like I was the one who I took this on. I did this. I decided this is what I was going to move forward with. And I wasn't holding back the taxes, which I should have been, but I didn't realize at the time. Yeah every year I had just gotten away with like, okay, I'm just going to, you know, pay a little bit, pay a little bit. And so that was, you know, um, I, I had done okay so far, but I wasn't making that much money yet. And so then when the year when I finally made money, I hadn't held anything back and I was putting money into marketing and into our location. Um, and so I think I was hard on myself and they were on me to answer that question, but, um, but they helped me through it and helped me like, you know, my husband's like, we're not going to sell your car. That's, that's kind of silly. We're not going to do that. Let's just like get real here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, all right. So a couple of dark days, so you, the, the two hour run, um, you had the location to shut down, um, fast forward to, you know, we're recording this what, in June. So three months ago, uh, COVID hits, uh, your gun, it sounds like you're gun shy a little bit now from those experiences. What'd you think when COVID hit and when I know, but I'm not that I'm, I'm, I'm a little more like, okay, let's just do the next thing. What's next. What's coming up. Have you, do you um, know about Enneagram? Are you in? Yeah. Yeah. Person? Okay. I'm a seven. So I'm like, 
okay, what are we going to do? And, you know, like, let's go on another adventure. Let's do something else. Um, but yes, but COVID hits. And at first I, um, I think I, I realized pretty quickly, like this is going to be pretty drastic because this is affecting the, it's going to affect like waiters, waitresses first, but it's going to end up affecting all of us. Right. So it's going to turn out being all of us. And, um, I was able to quickly say like, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this and take a step back and say like, okay, if all of our weddings cancel, postpone, what does that look like for us? What are we going to do with our payments or contracts, all of those pieces and kind of get things in order from the start. So that was kind of my first, um, Mm -hmm. my first little bit was like figuring it out and getting it in order. Uh, and now I feel like, we're, you know, we're okay. I, I, I had just written a book as well. So I wrote Oh, nice. Yeah. What's the book title? It's called She Minds Her Own Business. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, that, look at that book. It's real That's fun. beautiful. Is that on Amazon now or other stuff? It's sites? on Amazon now. Yep. Yep. So I had just written that. It came out January, 2020. Nice. And, um, and that's, as I said, that's kind of the direction I was moving towards. And so I've still had, we still have weddings on the books and we're still doing weddings, but my, my girls are kind of doing a lot of them. Um, and so, but I had a book tour planned 12 cities, 12 months. I was doing the book tour. I had a conference, um, the conference plan, the woman entrepreneurship conference. I was speaking at multiple events and everything came crashing down. It wasn't yeah. just like the wedding planning business. It, oh, that was yeah. a small part of it, but, and, and everything got postponed and that hurt a little bit, but then it was like also everything that I had just worked so hard for, for the last three years on, you know, the new thing that I was focused on also went downhill. So it was, um, it was the actual money side of things as well as the dreams and passions that, you know, that it was hard. So I would say, yeah, the first month it was like, well, this is happening, but we're going to get through it. And the second month was like, what are we going to, how are we going to get through this? What is going to happen here? You know? Um, and, and it's continued. We're still, I mean, we're still not out of the woods, but hopefully no. closer. Um, but then the but you're, but you're not, you don't have a speaking tour that you can do now. No. Yeah. And there's no weddings or very few, I assume happening. In well, thank you for having me on your podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, right. This, this is your tour. This is podcast, Yeah, this is the tour. Um, no podcasts have been great, but um, yeah, but no, there's no speaking. No events are happening right now. We're still on, on lockdown here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless you're having a protest then. Oh yeah. Sure. It, it, it's just, it's such, I think that's such bullshit. I'm not trying to make protests are awesome. I, I just think it's bullshit that you can't gather five people at a restaurant, but you can have a hundred. Like actually that was the protocol I saw. Yes. It's Which, true. When I say bullshit, I, I, I just don't understand how it's safe to have a hundred protesting, but not safe to have five at a restaurant. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I completely agree. And it's not even like a hundred, like protesting. There's that there's 3000 people here in San Diego protesting on downtown San Diego. Like, so, and then you can't have your wedding or you can't have a funeral or you can't have what? Yeah. So crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, the whole disease is just crazy. I, um, have you had anyone affected by it in your family or mm. friends? No, thankfully. Um, no one Im- immediately. I do have friends of friends yeah. um, who were affected, but no one that I know personally. I find so like, so we, ha- I had a friend spouse get it, but survive and a personal business coach get it and questionable right now. And it's interesting. Once it became like personal, personal? my vantage point changed. Yeah. So first I'm like, I don't know if it's a real deal. And, and now like, listen, I got like, I got masks everywhere. I got like three masks with me now. I'm ready to I mask every orifice I have, like everything's covered. Oh my gosh, over your eyes. Over my eyes. Everything's covered. <laughs> um, oh gosh. So tell me about the future before we start wrapping up here. I, I, like, what do, you, what do you see your business? How's it going to turn going forward? What's the future look like for you? Yeah, for me, um, 
I am an optimist. And so the future looks bright and I'm yeah. like, okay, we, I wasn't able to do it this year. We'll do book tour next year. And, um, we aren't able to have these weddings this year. It's okay. We'll do them next year. We're going to figure it out. We're going to get through it. And I think that moving forward, um, things are going to look different. Life is going to look different. I, you know, we also run luxury retreats. Are those going to be happening? I don't know these luxury weddings. How many people are going to continue to do luxury weddings? I, uh, you know, we have 300 people at them and, you know, at the hotel Dell a lot of times. And, yeah. um, so what does that look like for the future? I'm not sure, but I feel like there's still going to be, I feel like there's gonna be a smaller percentage of people that are interested in our services. And like we, it makes us, um, kind of hone in more on what we're moving forward with in the future. Right. So really figuring out like, okay, well now we have a lesser amount of people, but those, that smaller amount, we need to make sure that we're, we're serving them in the best way possible. What have I learned? Oh, that is such a good question. And I think that something that like, if, if there's one thing that I have learned that I hope to pass on and that I hope is a takeaway actually from this podcast, it's that uh, no one else is going to give you permission you have to decide that you want it bad enough and that you're just going to do it and go for it and that you might fall flat on your face and that it's okay. And um, as I said at the very beginning, I like to inspire to action. And I just want to encourage anyone who's listening to like go out there, try it, do it. Things are going to look different now um, with where we're at in the social climate and current economy. Life is looking different moving forward. And so we're going to have to do things differently. I think that we have to let go of the things that no longer serve us um, and the way that we did things in the past and move forward knowing that we're going to have to be a maverick. We're going to have to look at life differently and look at our business differently. And no one's going to give us the permission to do so. No one's going to say, raise your prices, change your packaging, change your, um, the, you know, your payment plan, um, whatever it may be. No one's going to give us the permission to do those things. We have to take that on and decide and do it ourselves. And I think, uh, at least for myself and I know for many other entrepreneurs, especially women entrepreneurs, it's hard to give yourself permission and you are are looking at others to say like, do you guys think this is a good idea? Um, and kind of bouncing ideas off of other people. And I think that instead of waiting, we need to just act and go for it. And if we fail and, you know, we're going to learn, we're going to take something away from it. And I hope that, you know, today we talked a lot about the struggles that I've had. And while I've had many struggles, I've also had many successes. And um, I feel like we need to, we need, we got to try, we got to do something and we need to stop asking for permission. Um, no one else is going to give it to you. And so you have to take it and do it yourself. So yeah, thank you so much again for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, it was such an honor to be here on your podcast and uh, Profit First has really helped me transform the way that I do business. And um, I just really appreciate you, Mike. Thanks again. Christelle Stacy. Hey, where can our uh, listeners find out more about you? Yeah, definitely. You can find me on Instagram at, at Christelle Stacy. K R Y S T E L Stacy S T A C Y. Great. Christelle, thanks for letting me get up all up in your business. I really just appreciate these insights and wishing you continued success. Thank you, Mike. So nice to chat with you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. So there you have it. Interview with Christelle Stacy. Um, I guess. I guess this type of format is not going to be necessarily a takeaway, but maybe observations or Kelsey, you point out a reflection or just thoughts that trigger for you. So Kelsey, if you're willing to go first, love to hear what you thought. Sure. Um, so my biggest reflection was um, her talking about the shame that she felt around 
not realizing that she would have to pay $18,000 in taxes and not planning for it uh, and just running and sobbing and, and wanting to run to her university and yell at her professors for not preparing her. Um, I just feel like that is such a common story for so many of us, even non-business owners, but just like in whatever walk of life that we have where you just realize how unprepared you are or unaware of the things you don't know and it hits you and, and, and that shame that you feel around it. Um, it's, it's so, you know, relatable. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's such a nice thing to hear that, um, over and over again, because so much of our experiences can be universal. And, and I think for a lot of people that could be a moment of failure where they just sort of give up. And, uh, I think it's important to really not give up and understand that, there is a way out. And especially when you have a support system like her family, like that's amazing where you figure it out, right? You, you, you do the smart things, you cut your expenses, you figure out ways to bring in new revenue and you rebuild and, and you move ahead, you know? Chair, what would you feel? I took a couple of things out of this. Um, I love the fact that she was, she was so passionate about her business, which, um, you know, I, I mean, obviously you've done so many interviews on passion, um, you know, versus not and, and how it pulls you through those tough days. So I think that that's really awesome because uh, I can't remember her exact quote, but it was basically like, I just want to create a better, um, you know, uh, business for, you know, the people that I work with. Uh, mm -hmm. She really wants them to succeed in the industry. Um, so, but the interesting part of that is then taking that passion and thinking about it like a business and turning it into a business and really yeah. ramping it up because uh, somebody told her, well, you know, you're, it's kind of just an expensive hobby at this point. Um, and when she calculated she was making less than a barista, because, <laughs> yeah, you know, because yeah. she wasn't considering uh, all the extra time. It was just she was focusing on on that one day. How about you, Aim? Um my the thing that stuck with me was also her tax story like the idea of i know that kind of like panic and desperation where like i just i gotta get out of here i have to just i have to escape whatever my present circumstance is and you just taking off she's literally running she's not a runner she's running for two hours until her husband is there to pull up next to her and be like get in the car we'll figure this out and i think about entrepreneurs and their support systems and those without their support systems. And I'm amazed because there's so many who just keep walking forward and keep um, making progress with these dreams and revamping and revisiting what the goal is. And it's, it's an amazing undertaking, but I'm so impressed with the entrepreneurial spirit that shows up like this time and time again. Um, I also thought it was really cool that <laughs> she was able to drop from 40 weddings a year to 12 mm -hmm. that was and make the so, same amount of money right and make mm -hmm. the same amount of money like that intentionality that was really cool i love i love that part of the story and i like that the fact that better customers were coming out and making more money yeah yeah so the yeah. bridezillas were the lower paying right clients right yeah she also behind the scenes um which you didn't hear in the interview after we hung up she called back she's like i, she said, I want to share tips so jared bone is going to try to squeeze it in some like bonus tips, but she really wants to serve her community. So I thought that was really unique and impressive about her. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to know too from you, our dear listener friends, what you thought. So please rate and review our brand new show. We want to hear what you think about it. And um, 
share some comments too about this episode specifically in your comments of that rating commenting system thing. Yeah, let Mike know if you thought his story about going shirtless with the Navy SEALs was funny or not. <laughs> well, you honestly, you didn't think that was funny. Have I told it to you before? Is that why you thought no. it was funny? <laughs> no, I just thought about? it was like you were looking for like an opening to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was. It's a, to me, it's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we love you. <laughs> oh, my God. I couldn't resist myself. I know every time she'd say something like, stop talking. It's about me. This show's about me. <laughs> I also like when you were doing like the calculations and she wanted to move on and you were like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Did yeah, I just get that was... right? <laughs> Am I the seal of numbers? I know. Yeah, I'm a little bit, I got a little bit too, too manic about that. <laughs> that should be, that should be the new shirt. Navy seal of numbers. Of numbers. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Never lost a battle. <laughs> number. Oh, so J-Bone, you got a new game for us? Yeah, so I figured, uh, you know, everybody liked the trivia so much. Um, so uh, I had an idea to uh, kind of go with a theme or based around our guest. So I have some uh, wedding trivia. Nice, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So there's a couple of facts I'll throw in here, but uh, I'll just, I'm going to go through the questions. How many questions we got? I got to mark this down on my paper. Um, three. Three, okay. All right. So which generates more revenue? The weddings themselves or the honeymoons after? Oh. Yeah. I mean, which one costs more which, overall? Which does the industry make more money off of? Do they make it off of the wedding? Or did they make it off? I got you. I'm going to do particular. That's, that's my number seal coming out right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took like 10 minutes for you to figure that out. <laughs> Wait, hold You're on. Fired up. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I shouldn't do these like so soon after listening to them. <laughs> I know, I know. We should let it settle for a little bit. Settle down. <laughs> okay, so in a uh, 1999 Millennium Report conducted by Brides Magazine, uh, they found what percentage of all household items purchased are from brides and grooms in the United States? So I can, do you want to do a multiple choice here? I'll give you numbers. Yes, yeah. please. Okay. So 20, 30, or 70. Okay. All right. Ready for the last one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. When brides are planning their wedding, what is the highest priority? Is it their attire, the reception site, or the caterer? I know what my priority is. <laughs> what was your priority? Uh, the caterer. Oh, really? <laughs> that a girl. That's definitely my That's my priority. girl. That's for, my so for your priority. wedding, you were all, you, did you manage your own wedding? I did, yeah. So what what would you put your sequence in? So a caterer was most important. What was number two for you? Um, definitely the reception site. So, so the dress, did you not care about it? Or was it a third thing? Or was it really off the list? Yeah, I didn't really care about it. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I ended up changing like after 10 minutes into like a, a, a dress that was like $10. <laughs> oh, yeah. you, you, 10 minutes into your wedding, you were getting changed. Yeah. As soon as I got through the actual ceremony, ceremony. I changed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause it was like 90 degrees outside and I, it was outside. So I switched into like so a So you short came out, you were wearing a cat shirt. 
<laughs> yeah. My cats are shedding, so yeah, I, I threw a shirt on. I had to. So I put a shirt on. Go cats. All right, so All right, Jay, before, before we, we get to the answers, I'm going to run through some statistics that I think are really interesting real quick. Uh, the average engagement in the United States lasts 15 months. During the engagement period, couples buy $4 billion in furniture, $3 billion in housewares, $400 million in tableware, and $19 billion is spent by buying presents as wedding gift registries. Mm-hmm. Um, the average amount spent on the uh, traditional American wedding is 22000 Interesting. That's really interesting to think about, uh, you know, the wedding industry being impacted. It's like all of those facets then get impacted, not just the yeah. folks who are holding events and the coordinators and the brides yeah. themselves. Like, right. if, you, yeah. Yeah, if you think about the entire industry, mm-hmm. it, is an, it is gigantic because yeah. you have everybody from the photographers to the caterers to uh, even limo companies, video yeah. recording yeah. companies, all of it. I mean, oh, I mean so the much. reception. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, okay, so let's get to the answers here. Okay. All right, so what generates more revenue, weddings themselves or honeymoons? I said weddings. Weddings. I say honeymoons. Uh, it's the wedding. The, oh, the wedding oh. generates about $60 billion a year in uh, expenses. Wow. The honeymoon is estimated around $8 billion. So what's interesting wow. is uh, when I was planning my wedding, I wanted to spend more on the honeymoon than I did the wedding. I wanted to do it reverse because I didn't – feel like it was you know you get more we did too did you care about how your dress or did you also wear a cat shirt no i i was very concerned about my dress i didn't want it to be too high and you know look like trampy it was a whole thing uh okay number two what percentage of all household item purchases um are uh consisted of uh the bride and groom making the purchase i picked 20 percent. i said 30 i said 32 okay it's 70%. Of wow. All, what? Of all major items purchased in the household are uh, from a bride and groom. Wow. Huh. Interesting. And it, and it represents only 2.6% of all households. So that's. I guess. So does that include all the furniture? Yeah. 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 I guess that makes sense. That, that makes shopping sense. probably yeah. too and things. Because you yeah. don't put that on your registry really. Like, at least I didn't. Yeah. I bought yeah. all the furniture. Yeah. Okay. No. It's a lot of furniture. And then yeah. finally. Which is the highest priority when planning a wedding? Is it the attire, in terms of the bride, the attire, the reception site, or the caterer? I'm going to say reception site. What did you pick, Amy? I'm going with attire only because that show, Say Yes to the Dress, I don't know. Mm. It feels like it might have drummed up a lot of now, but interest. I, I, before you say the answer to the transfer, I say attire too, but I'll tell you, this is like Kelsey's Freudian test that she made us do. <laughs> this, if you pick the attire... As your answer, you're the most vain person on this planet. So you and I, Amy, are vain. Vain. Kelsey, Terribly you have vain. a dietary issue uh, if you pick food. So <laughs> It's actually a tire. Ha! Ah. Dang. Here's the interesting thing, though. One week after the reception, when asked again, 78% of brides said if they could change it, they would have made the entertainment their highest priority. Mm. That oh, yeah, that makes sense. No, yeah. I know, but yeah. they just, that, that was just like a bonus. I, that wasn't given yeah, enough. I, that that's wasn't. It felt like, the, it's, like one day dress doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. Yeah. If, do people have fun? Do you have fun? That's what matters. Yeah. And they also said that 81% of guests said the thing they remember the most is the entertainment. So mm-hmm. the entertainment's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty important. You got to get jiggy with it. You know? Do you know what my guests remember? My guests remember. You don't take pictures of the entertainment. I mean, maybe the entertainers. People dancing, though. That's true. Yeah. 
the fun, the party of it, the life of it. You take, you get pictures of the fun of it. Yeah. Okay, good. I'll buy that. All right. Well, that's our show today. I think so. We got to get out of here. Uh, Just going to want to invite you, our friends to rate and review the show and please visit us at mikemotorbike.com. That's mikemotorbike.com. Click on get the free tools. You'll get a lot of bonus free content for my books and other stuff. Plus, We'll make sure you subscribe up for this show. We'll send you a link to it too, because we want you to miss, not, not miss any episodes. We want to make sure you get every episode. Thanks for joining subscribe us. Subscribe up. <laughs> Wishing you good times. <laughs> Customers no longer base their loyalty solely on price or product. Instead, they stay loyal due to the experience they have. And their customer experience begins from the very first call they make to your business. Are you still using an answering machine? I hope not. Did you know that 85% of callers who only reach voicemail will hang up and call the next place on their list? Don't let that happen to you. Inbound phone calls are still critical to growing your business. Get help from Abby Connect. Abby Connect is no ordinary answering service. They assign your company team and then train them on how your business works. They set up appointments and consultations. Also, They have a new mobile app that allows you to make calls and send texts from your business phone line. People prefer doing business with people, not machines. Abby Connect can start answering your calls today, improving your customer experience while saving you time and money. It's easy to get started. Get a 14-day free trial with no setup fees and no credit card needed by signing up at abbyconnect.com slash Mike M. That's abbyconnect.com slash Mike M or call 833-ABBY-WOW and say my name.